Welcome to In the Field Worship Radio, an online radio station dedicated to impacting people's lives in our local and global communities by helping them be still so they may listen to God while resting in Him. I am your host, Christy Richardson, founder of In the Field Worship Radio and In the Field Audio Scriptures. In each sermon, you will hear a different global pastor. You will learn about each pastor, where they are from, their unique background, and their path to ministry. Essentially, you will hear their sermons and feel the Spirit through their words in such a way that you won't hear anywhere else. Having these pastors join us and share their message is an honor within the field Worship Radio. This sermon features evangelist Daryl Richardson of Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, in the United States. This southeastern coastal location decorates the terrain with palm trees and sea turtles. Sailboats enter the harbor with pink, purple, and green coloring the sunsets and resting over the stillness of the ocean. Daryl was born on April 7, 1946, in a small town in eastern Tennessee where he grew up on a small farm. He loved to play basketball and baseball and studied music, playing the piano and organ in his local church. He is known as a father, business leader, role model, teacher, evangelist, and follower of Jesus Christ. After retiring from more than a 50-year aviation career, God called him to serve as an evangelist and full-time missionary to both Haiti and Kenya. He helped to establish a primary school in Kenya that provides an education each year to hundreds of students in a small village made up mostly of farmers. He also preached many sermons and taught Sunday school classes throughout the Kenyan countryside, helping people turn in their old lives for new ones in Christ. His glide path to God has not always been a smooth one. There was some turbulence, but he made a smooth landing. He has a strong relationship with Jesus and tells the story that Jesus told him one day, Go tell them who I am. So in the end, he sold everything so that he could follow Jesus' command, serving him in the outback of Kenya as a missionary. It is a pleasure to have Daryl share his obedience and dedication to God with us, and I hope you enjoy today's sermon titled, Defining Evangelism, with Evangelist Daryl Richardson. Daryl Richardson, and I am so grateful to be here today to speak with you on the subject of evangelism. So great to be on the End of Field Worship Radio, WFWR. But first, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we ask you today to help us, uh, help us teach the Word of God here today. Let us get our message across And please speak to everyone's heart. I know you've laid a burden on me 
today to bring a word of God to the people. And I know it's a special message that you want me to deliver. So God, I'm just asking for your guidance and for your help. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Today we're going to focus on three key questions about evangelism. What is it? When did it begin? And where did it begin? Evangelism is the spreading of the word of God by ministers in public places and Christians giving personal witness. What are the qualifications of an evangelist? A strong faith in Jesus Christ and knowledge of the word of God. To truly understand evangelism, we must start with the beginning. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. In both the Gospels of Mark and Luke, both writers tell us that the women were going to the tomb to finish what they didn't get to finish on Friday uh, because the Sabbath was coming. It was really late on Friday night. And so they they had spices to put on the body, which they didn't get to finish. And so they were going back to finish it. In Matthew, the women came simply to see the tomb. And in the book of John, John gives no reason for their coming. Joseph of Arimathea was, according to all four Gospels, the man who assumed the responsibility for the burial of Jesus after his crucifixion. He and Nicodemus had took the body to Joseph's tomb, and they wrapped it in in a cloth, and the women were mixing up the spices, and they did this to treat the body for burial. But since a Jewish Sabbath is on Saturday, they was running out of time since it was so late, so they didn't get finished. So both um, Mark and Luke both say that the women was going back to finish to put more spices on the body. Many Christians interpret Joseph's role as fulfilling Isaiah's prediction that the grave of the suffering servant would be with a rich man. The prophecy in Isaiah chapter 53 is known as the man of sorrows passage. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Verse 2, there was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and go into the tomb, roll back the stone, and sit on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. I take it by this is that when they describe his appearance was as lightning, it was probably he was really bright. I would think that's my interpretation is that he was given of a really bright light, like a, like a streak of lightning. Um, and his clothes were white as snow. Now in verse four, it says the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and become like dead men. I think there, my interpretation of that is, is that they probably fainted. In verse five, the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, 
just as he said, Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So in verse 8, the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell Jesus' disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. In verse 10, Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city, and they told the chief priest everything that had happened. But they were concerned. When the chief priest had met with the elders, they came up with a plan to pay off these guards to tell everyone that the disciples had come to the tomb and had stole Jesus' body away. And they told the guards that it would be okay if the governor found out about it, they would take up for him and uh, they would help him out. In verse 16, the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountains where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Three years they had traveled with the Savior. Three years they had traveled with the man that had created everything. Three years, three long years, they had watched him over and over and over work many, many miracles. They first saw him turn water into wine, not just any wine. He turned water into aged wine. Then they saw him cure people who was lame, people who had leprosy, people who could not hear, people who could not see. They even witnessed him raising people from the dead. But some still doubted. Verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All the armies, Michael's army in heaven, everything now, Jesus has authority over it. And he's telling this to the disciples. In verse 19, Jesus is talking to his followers and disciples, and he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of age. These were marching orders from Jesus that we know as the Great Commission. These words are a command. That is why we call it the Great Commission and not the Great Suggestion. 
Jesus did not say, hey, look, guys, you know, if you're in the mood, if if you don't mind, would you do me a favor? Uh, the next time you're over at this other country, would you just sort of mention about uh, Christianity to them? No, this is a command. James 4.17 says, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So this is called the sin of omission, which is not doing what you're supposed to do. These words were given to every follower of Jesus. If I am his disciple, I am commanded to go and make disciples of others. On the other hand, if I'm not making disciples of others, then I'm not being the disciple God wants me to be. How many times have you heard non-Christians say that the problem with Christians are always trying to push their religion on them? The problem is we're commanded by our Savior. We're commanded by the creator of everything to go spread his word and to baptize people in the name of of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For many of us, the Great Commission has instead become the Great Omission. So now, how are you doing with your part in fulfilling the Great Commission? Tell me, are you doing your part or waiting for the world to come to you? He now solemnly commissioned the apostles and his ministers to go forth among all nations. The salvation they were to preach is a common salvation. Whoever will, let him come and take the benefit. All are welcome to Jesus Christ. Christianity is a religion of a sinner who applies for salvation for his sin paid for by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The sinner appeals to the mercy of the Father through the atonement of the Son and by the sanctification of the Holy Spirit and gives up himself to be the worshiper and servant of God as the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, three persons but one God. Baptism is an outward sign of that inward washing or sanctification of the Spirit, which seals the believer's justification. Now we must examine ourselves whether we really possess the inward and spiritual grace of a death unto sin and a new birth unto righteousness, for which those who were the children of sin become the children of God. Believers shall have the constant presence of their Lord forever and ever. These words are not just given to the original 11 disciples, nor were they exclusively for pastors, evangelists, and missionaries. They are for every follower of Jesus Christ. If we are his disciples, then we are commanded to go and make disciples of others. It doesn't mean you need to board an airplane and fly halfway around the world and go to some third world country. But how about speaking with your neighbor across the street? How about talking to your mom and your dad, your uncle, your aunt? 
How about talking to your children? How about explaining to your children who Jesus is? What does it mean to make disciples? Jesus said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I've given you. I believe it means that you demonstrate discipleship for them by the way you live your life and tell them about God's word. Set an example, stand up, take a stand, be a Christian, be a leader. Folks, that's what it's all about. That's what he's trying to get us to do is step up and show that we are disciples of his. We believe in him. We have faith in him. We know that he is there. We walk with him every day. We talk with him every day. Just be a Christian. My story is one of a man who rose to the top in his industry. This is my journey. My journey from 37,000 feet to making a soft landing with Jesus. All my life, I had worked hard and climbed a corporate ladder. I did whatever it took to take that next step. I now had a corner office in the corporate C-suite of a large airline. I could travel to any country in the world by just showing up at the airport and boarding an airplane. Everything was provided for me. After all, I was in charge. But one day, Jesus came knocking at my door. You see, he doesn't select the perfect all the time. He selects the ones that he needs to get the job done. It was in 2014. One morning, it was just breaking daylight, and I was out walking as I normally did of a morning. And I'm walking along, and I remember I'm uh, talking with Jesus, and I'm asking him questions. And I'm saying, Lord, what do you want from me? What is it that you would have me to do? And then a voice spoke to me. It really shakes you when this happens. But Jesus has got such a sweet, loving, kind voice. And I heard this voice come in, and he said, Trust and believe in me with all your heart. And so he said, and he was gone. Wow. Shook me up. I got to tell you, I, I, I had heard Jesus' voice a few times before, but Never to this extent. So a few months go by, and I'm still walking of a morning, and I hear the voice start to come in again. And he says, trust and believe in me with all your heart, so I may give you eternal life. And wow, that hit me. That hit me really hard because what he was saying to me was, all I want you to do is trust and believe in me with all your heart. And in return, I'll give you eternal life. He didn't say, Daryl, I want you to get on an airplane and fly halfway around the world. Uh, he wasn't saying, I want you to start a televangelist program. He wasn't saying, I want you to bring 10,000 people to me. He was just saying, trust and believe in me with all your heart and I will give you eternal life. 
So that was that was an eye-opener for me. It, it changed my life. It was when Jesus really reached down and grabbed me by the back of the neck and said, I, I need you to do something. A few months later, again, oh, dark 30, I'm walking along, and here come this voice. Only this time, I have to say, this time it wasn't that sweet and kind and loving voice like it always been. He just said one thing to me. He said, now go tell them who I am. Now go tell them who I am. And I'm going, tell who? Go where? What am I supposed to do? I don't know what to do. And he was gone. And it was, and it, and it was just that simple. And with that, though, I tell you, it, 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 it really shook me because it changed my life completely. Um, I ended up in the end um, selling off almost everything I had. I became a missionary, and my daughter and I took a trip to Kenya several times, actually, several times. Um, we did a lot of work there, uh, helping the people out. And I was, I remember when I was up in the preaching in the churches over there, and I would start to tell people about Jesus. And I, I have a feeling that that was really what he was telling me to go do. And that's where I, what I ended up doing. Today here on this radio program, I challenge you. I challenge you to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Not just simply a church-going person who shows up now and then, especially on Easter and Christmas. Will you be a disciple? Will you join me? If so, your life will never be the same. We're going to say a prayer. And Jesus is talking to me that there's people that is listening to this that he's wanting, wanting me to get a message across to. And, and that message is, is that you need to come and accept Jesus as your Savior. So if you would, let's just close our eyes and let's say the sinner's prayer. And if you are not a Christian, just repeat these words after me. And if you are a Christian but you're not a disciple of Jesus, it's time for you to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's why you're here. That's what he commanded for you to do, not just come to church every once in a while and stay for 40 minutes and then go to Burger King. Your job is to come and to be a disciple of Jesus. So close your eyes, and we're going to say a quick prayer. And if, if you're not a Christian, just repeat after me, and guess what? You will be one. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I asked for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. I want to be your disciple and will follow your commandments. In your name, Jesus, amen. So if you said that prayer, 
you've now asked Jesus to let you come into the heavenly family. You've asked Jesus to forgive you for your sins. Please get in touch with us. You can get in touch with me through the radio station here. Uh, My address and stuff will be online. You can find me on Facebook. Somewhere reach out to us. There's prayer request lines with the radio station and with the blog. So you've got all kinds of ways to get to us. Contact me and I will pray with you and talk with you. So thank you very much. It's been a tremendous opportunity to be here. And we want to thank um, the radio station for having me. And uh, thank you very much. Good night. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's sermon. I hope you enjoyed it and found meaning in God's Word. If you missed part of the show or want to listen to it again, it will be available on the In the Field Audio Scriptures podcast. Here you can see the bios of the pastors and reach out to them with questions or prayer requests. If you like the show and found it in your heart to make an offering, click the donate button on the In the Field Audio Scriptures website. We are donation supported to continue this digital ministry serving people spanning five continents. Come for more of God's Word next Sunday and bring a friend. May peace be with you and God bless.